Broadcasting from an undisclosed location. From a secret hunting spot known only to him. And the guy who told him about it. And possibly the guy who told the guy who told him. It's a show all about hunting in New Zealand and around the globe. This is The Hunting Show. Find The Hunting Show on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information on upcoming shows and topics. Welcome back to another week of The Hunting Show. And we've been off air for a little while and there's been a few things happen a couple of times. Um, Personal stuff's come up. I've been to Fiji in that time. And check out NZ Outdoor Hunting Magazine for an article about what I was up to in Fiji and how that relates to hunting. Although I wasn't over there hunting, I've uh, definitely figured out that hunters make good preppers and there's a full explanation coming up in that magazine. Please listen in to the end of the show. We've got three competitions running right now. We've got prizes of $700, $500, and of course that 12-month subscription to NZ Outdoor Hunting Magazine. And if you want to find out how you can win any of those, all you've got to do is stay tuned or listen to the end of the show. Go through the pain and uh, you could be winning some of those great prizes. And those great prizes are all about duck shooting. So there's a My My Upgrade, there's some duck shooting equipment and prizes and clothing for you. And talking about that, we're coming to you live from Mark Clinch's My My somewhere in the central North Island. And what we wanted to talk about, and a lot of you are going to be in the throes of this. I know I'm certainly in the throes of doing some upgrades and changes, but about building a My My. And first of all, I'd like to I'll actually bring Mike in on this. When you're, when you're going to build one, how do you select the, the perfect place, in your humble opinion? Because you're not normally opinionated, eh? <laughs> Like hell, I'm not. Um, for me, it's it's about where the birds are. It's no good building a mai mai where there's no birds. Find out where they are. Find out where they're happy, feeding, and yeah, throw one up. Mm. It doesn't need to be anything flash. Just a couple of waratahs and a bit of scrim, a bit of scrub, just to hide your outline, and away you go. But what about selecting that perfect place? Uh, you've talked, or we talked about off air about the lines the ducks are taking and and where they travel. Do you look at that kind of stuff, or you kind of just look at the lake and go, "That's a really nice spot to be. Let's chuck one up there." Yeah, well, I shoot um, quite big water, um, and there's places on that lake that screams ducks. Like, but if you if you've ever spent some time out there having a look, they don't go in there for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. Um, so yeah, you know. St- study where they fly, study where they're happy to land and feed and mate and nest and do all that and that's where you need to look at mm. Mark, you're, you've, you've got a few more opinions on that and I want to briefly talk to you about how you selected this my mate, where you wanted to put this because you've had, you could have anywhere on this pond and you chose here, part of it looks like it was a flat spot and it was an easy place to build a my mate, but what are the other reasons or other things you look for? Yeah, so that, that is one of the things um, there are, we, well, the wind Ducks, obviously, as most bird shooters know, land into the wind. Uh, so we've got we're in a pretty reasonably big valley here. We've got a westerly wind blowing, which is our sort of southwest main wind, uh, which is running down the valley. We've parked ourselves from wind coming from left to right uh, near the middle of the pond, so they're going to come up the valley. Oh, there's I some. think there's a, here comes a drake now, um, making a little bit of noise. So they're going to come up the valley like these ones, like these ones are, cup up and land in those decoys like we want them to. And then there's the preparation stuff that goes into that. We've got duck shooting now um, less than a month away, or we'll go be less than a month away when this airs. What what preparation are you doing now, Mike, uh, to keep this going? In fact, we're seeing some of those preparations on this pond as well. Um, I'm into my final stage of prep now, which is just going through restringing decoys, making sure all the batteries are charged with the, you know, the electric stuff, and the actual work at the Mai Mai is done. 
I only have to go there one more time, which will be either uh, this weekend coming or the following weekend to uh, restock the feeder, and then I'll just uh, keep away until opening weekend. When you're talking about restocking the feeder, how important do you think feeding out is to making that well, that six-week period that we have here for duck shooting, but making that a real success? Over the years, I've found, especially talking to other shooters where I shoot, that they have very little success. Um, and one of the only differences to me is the amount of feed I put out. They don't feed at all. I feed, hope the wife doesn't hear this, about 1,500 kgs of maize a year. And that starts um, sort of early uh, early uh, November and runs right through to June. And I just feed it like you wouldn't believe. And you only have to take a trip up the lake, as you've seen yourself, and I've taken you up there, you know, the amount of birds that live right there, because that's where the food is. So uh, to me, yeah, no, it's quite important. And the other part of that is trapping. And I'm a firm believer, if you're going to use those waterways, that you need to be doing your part to keeping those pests out of the lake. I don't think that has a short-term gain, uh, but certainly what I've seen over a number of years, and particularly in a valley not far from here, there's virtually no ducks at all. And it's, I believe it's not just farming. I think that it's also the, the fact that they're not, they're not feeding out. Or they're not, sorry, they're not trapping. Yeah, I started a fairly intensive trapping and poisoning regime I don't know about five years ago and the first year you know there were I don't know maybe a hundred or so birds there now you go up there and there's literally over 500 ducks you know making up you know mallards greys parries not including the geese I mean you've seen how many geese there were last time there were literally thousands of those hoors but um it's not going to be overnight success, um, but certainly if you can keep on you know, on top of your predators, you know, your rats, your stoats, pukekos people, shoot pukekos. Don't eat them, just shoot them. Hawks, oh, I shouldn't say that on air probably, but um, yeah, anything that affects ducklings or eggs, you know, hedgehogs, possums, mm. just get rid of the lot. And, and Mark, getting back to you, We've talked about this even at, at our workplace a few times. The The idea of doing your part is kind of important, isn't it? We, you've, I don't know what you're doing about trapping on this particular lake, but certainly where you're, you're going out and you're using public water, everyone's got to put their, their, their little two cents in, don't they? Yeah, I, th- I think there is a small percentage of duck shooters who turn up and expect the ducks to be there Amen. no matter what, yeah. um, which I, yeah, a lot of nodding of the head. Um, <laughs> And then there's a quite a good percentage that that want them to be there, and they work for them to be there because you only do get one one shot a year. Well, you more than one shot, but you you do get one chance a year to do what you love, and and you're going to rock up there, and you're going to make it the best you can. You've got 365 days to to prepare. So, would you like a kiss, Mark? Because that's perfectly. <laughs> no, thank you. But that's that's how that's how I've, I've learned. I've learned over the time. I'm not very old, but I've learned quite a little bit of my time. And yeah, a lot of people do turn up expecting to see 100 ducks there and shoot their limit in the first 20 minutes, and it doesn't happen like that, um, even though they think it will. Uh, if you do put the effort in, like Mike has done over the f- last few years he's been in his pond, uh, you, you see the results which he's seeing. Mm. Now, going back to the construction of your Mai Mai, uh, like Mike said, you can just go with a few posts and a, and a, and a bit of corrugated iron and, and some reeds and bits and pieces. I think we can get a little bit more elaborate, and one of those people that's getting a little bit elaborate is Mike Felton. Oh, um, well, to be fair, I'm taking lead from you and got all sorts of grand plans. 
<laughs> but let's let's talk about that. So when you start to get a little bit more grand, what are some of the stuff? What are the first things you started to do when you decided you'd found your spot? You, that's that's your setup there. It's a it's a long term thing. Yeah. Um, first thing is is we needed somewhere to sleep. It's such a mission getting up and down there at times that you know we built up. You know, a small house in the end. I mean, you've seen it. There's four bunks in it. It's got a gas heater, a barbecue. It's even now got a sky dish, <laughs> even though it's only for looks. But um, you know, the only thing missing is a rural mail service, really. Um, you know, I'm getting on in life. You know, 45, I think, buddy, this year. You know, twice Mark's age. and um, Almost twice mine. Yeah, yeah, okay, turn it up. Um, <laughs> you know, so creature comforts. Um you know, when you're younger, you know, you'll sleep on the ground. You know, happy to get wet. Well, yeah, nah. You know, I like you know, I like to be nice and warm at night. I've also got a dog to think about. You know, I don't want her getting hypothermia, so she wears a nice coat and sleeps in front of the gas heater. And, you know, so it's it's pretty comfy, yeah. And, and what about for you? If you're going to, you look at this, my, my, and it's not the smallest. Gosh, I think you could get... 15 people in here nearly if you're really really comfortable but what do you start looking for when you start looking at those upgrades and getting a little bit better i mean your size is is key uh like yeah mike started off with a bit of waratah and wires that's, that's good for starting off but like he's also said uh size is key so you can you can get your chili bins and your your bacon egg pie and your your waddies what else tomato sauce on there uh traditional um and just getting to your mama as well needs to be comfortable. You don't want to make it a battle at five o'clock in the morning when you're carrying your fifty decoys across the scrub or the paddock or the boat. Or you need that to be to be there for you, uh, which we have here. Is you could drive up to our mama pretty much, um, which is which is key. Just a lot less stressful in the morning. Hmm. Although this mama you can't sleep in. Um, is is that something you'd look at? In the, well, you suppose you could actually, but but there's no bunks or anything in there. Was that something you'd look at in the future? In this particular spot, absolutely not. Simply because I'm 30 minutes from my house, where I've got everything. I've got a kitchen, I've got a toilet, I've got a shower. Uh, so I don't mind getting up half an hour early and being here, ready to go. I have thought about it in the past, but with this particular setup, I won't be won't be looking at that for the future. Hmm. Now you said that, that whole getting to your my my thing is key. Tell us a bit more about that, because you, yours is only accessible by boat, right? Yeah, correct. You know, and it's an hour from home. That's just to the lake. Then I've got a I don't know how long it takes with all... God, I've got 50-plus decoys, I suppose, and the time you get all that up there and so forth. So for me, just to you know try and shoot up there for an afternoon is not really on the cards. I've got to have my gear there. So it is, it's very secure. It's locked. Um, you know, it's it's five metres long and now nearly three metres wide, so and she's fairly solidly constructed uh, to the building code, of course. Mm. Um so, yeah, if we normally shoot up on the Friday afternoon now before opening, get all set up, and then we're inside, you know, come dark, and we don't come out again until the morning, so we're not disturbing anything. We step out the front door into the actual shooting part, mm. and um, she's all fun and games from there. So, yeah, you know, it's a big thing. If if it was, you know, like Skitty's place, or Mark, um, you know, not very far from home, then, yeah, you know, it wouldn't be such an issue. But getting there, especially, you know, it's May, sometimes the weather's not the flashest, it's rough, it's blowy, it's big water, there's submerged sticks everywhere. You know, you can come a, yeah, come a gutter, so do it in daylight and, you know, stay there the whole weekend. Mm. Mm. 
Now, the other thing I wanted to talk to both of you about, now, just quickly, if you're listening into next week's show, we're going to be talking about calling, and we're going to do some calling, and both Mark and Mike have got some really good tips on that, and I certainly am an average caller at best. But when we're talking uh, about that, uh, that the whole idea of staying the night, there's a lot of guys that shoot the first half day of duck shooting, and that's it for them for the year. Um, but I certainly don't plan to do that this year. What about you guys? What 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 are your thoughts on that? Uh, each to their own. Mm. I'm not going to criticise anyone if that's their idea of of duck shooting weekend. Hey, yeah, good on them. My idea is it's um it's a minimum of 50 hour effort. You know, I leave home at no later than lunchtime on Friday because I haven't slept for three days prior. I'm too excited and wound up even at my age. You know, it's only 39 sleeps as you know as we record this. Yeah. Um. So I'm shooting the whole time. If I get my limit, which we normally do, um, in the afternoons just targeting those birds, you know, the geese. You know, there's no limit on them, for example. So we just target them all day long, and that's all we do. You know, it's mm. still, we're still shooting at something. Um, you know, I think last year's the first uh, year opening day, I actually had a bit of a nap in the afternoon. Um, and that's fine now. You know, I don't care anymore. Years ago, you wouldn't have got me to sleep for a week. Mm. But I shoot every single weekend. Uh, right through the season on on uh, mallards, right through the season on parries and swans. Then, of course, I chase um, geese, uh, pheasants and so forth afterwards, quail. You know, I, I, I'm, basically, I'm basically a single man from the first weekend in May through to the end of August. So, you know, yeah. Another one with that, is there? It's... Um what about actually that's another good point if you go back to the episode we did just before christmas we talked about how hunting affects your partners and uh particularly duck shooting because it's condensed isn't it? it's kind of all built in and you've got the raw just before it so you got the raw followed by duck shooting there's a good six eight weeks there where it's all on like donkey kong um I'm not asking for advice because you're giving me that look, and uh, I know Cindy sometimes listens to the show, <laughs> so be very careful what you say. But is there effect there? I mean, what do you do to combat that? Is it is it is it bringing something nice home, other or bringing something other than dead ducks home? What do you, what are you doing? I'm probably not the right person to ask. Um, I'm not one of these real romantic type people. Um, really? You know, I've been deer stalking the last four weekends in a row, including this one. Um, I'll have to have next weekend off because I am taking a piss a wee bit. I feel, and she's let and she's certainly letting me know that. So there is a bit of give and take, but she, at the same time, she married a hunter. Mm. She understands that duck shooting is my, you know, overall it's my number one goal in life. Um, if she doesn't like it, she knows what'll happen. I'll go anyway. Mm. You know, so and she's well aware of that. She knows that. You know, we joke about it. You know. During those months, may as well you know go and live in Hawaii because I'm not going to be home, um, and that's just the way it is. But you know we we have the odd trip away every now and then, and she gets the, you know the odd diamond here and there, and you know breakfasts on Saturday mornings when it's not duck shooting season, or if I'm not out chasing the seeker or the reds or whatever. So mm. it's got to be give and take, otherwise it will end up being single again. Mm. Now, Mark, you're you're so the other end of a relationship, probably. It, well, I'm sure you are, and uh, so you're only new to this. Is, is this your girlfriend or partner's first year of the raw duck shooting combined? Yeah, I don't think she knows what she's what she's in for. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
the amount the noises that come out of my bedroom and i'm talking oh, i'm talking goose calls duck calls seeker jet stags oh. everything yeah that sort of call that's mike's room but you know <laughs> a bit of practice goes into it and i get a few high eyebrows every now and again which is which just makes me smile because i'm enjoying it yeah but uh Good luck to her. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. I just thought, is it interesting? Two different um, ends of the scale, probably, and two ends of well, Mike's, you know, in his in his forties, Mark's in his twenties, and um, they're both kind of similar opinions, I suppose. What are your plans this duck shooting? So you obviously, what's happening with you with opening, um, Mark? I, I just wondered if you're shooting <laughs> uh, opening opening weekend, and then what are your plans right through? Because you're going down south as well, aren't you? Yeah, I am. So. Um I decided this year, because I've had a lot of opening weekends off, that I'd, I'd trade the weekend with Stephen, our host here, uh, for another couple of days I, I needed off, uh, which I, I seem I have regretted, but because it's opening, but I'll, I'll make up for it because I'm doing flying to Christchurch to do four days in Colverton shooting ducks out of the duck factory there, which I which I should enjoy. I am going to squeeze an hour or two in before work on Saturday because I'm opening, but... Uh, yeah, it's, it will be interesting. I'm looking forward to going down the South Island. That should be good. Yeah. And, uh, Mike, what are your plans for the whole season? Are you, obviously, opening weekend's a biggie. Um, what's going on for you? Uh, opening weekend, as I said earlier, is Friday, 12 o'clock, through till after the uh, end of the shoot on, on Sunday evening, and then home, and, and repeat that for six weekends. All six? All six, brother. Yeah. Rain, hail, snow, sickness. I would I would go there with an IV drip and a heart monitor if I had to, <laughs> and you'd be the one getting me up there in my Zimmer frame. Yeah, yeah? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't want to make any Zimmer frame jokes right this second, because I think you'd probably punch me. No, yeah, we're not, pretty... at <laughs> not at all. Now, the other thing is, um, we've recently given this, or today, we actually tried out in the, in the reeds and doing some calling with the new Dissolve uh, wing camo from... Evolve Outdoors or Hunter's Element if you like to talk it. Now we've got a great prize coming up and all you need to do is go to our website, find the link or actually check out our Facebook page and there's a form there for you to fill in and you could win a set of the stuff. Actually if you flick through the the episode you'll see photos of us wearing it. Mark, you've been quite impressed with it, eh? You've given it a good go, and we're not—we do, don't do reviews on the show, so don't review it. But what did you overall? What did you think? I mean, just you've tried it now, and you've actually been up in the hills. What do you reckon? Yeah, so I've done a couple. I've been uh, hunting seeker deer in the last week, and um, I was a bit sceptical at the start. All these squares on my clothes, but I tell you what, I—I I was standing in front of some seeker pretty close, and they were pretty questionable what, what that what that was. <laughs> looking back at them making some squeaky noises, and then today, just seeing it out. Uh, in the different lights, in the darker lights, in the in the bright lights, uh, up against all the types of grass that generally is in the New Zealand pond, like we're standing in now, and I'm, I am really impressed. It is, it just breaks that silhouette so well. The only parts that really stick out is your white parts, uh, which, mm. or your skin, skin skin there, which um which is obvious that we didn't have gloves today. Which that was the only part that was sticking out. Mm. So but, ch- yeah, so check out those photos mm. um, on the comment section of this podcast or if you're watching on blog talk radio obviously they're flashing flashing in front of you right now and uh, that's actually taken right next to mark's my my on a couple of ponds all within a couple of hundred meters of each other you've uh, you've tried it as well mike i'll just quickly get your opinion or you've seen it today what do you reckon well i'm i'm pretty biased actually i mean i i've thrown all my other hunting gear away i only wear hunter's element so when i tried this um stuff today i had fairly high expectations mm. um i'm not disappointed again yeah 
Yeah. So, yeah, no, I love the stuff. And I think it's going to be warm as well. It's a relatively hot day today, so we were cooking a little bit when we were trying it out. But I think that opening morning when it's you know two or three degrees, um, the the extra lining and stuff in it's going to come in real handy, eh? Yeah, well, I'm still sitting here now, and the sun's gone down uh, behind one of the hills in front of us, and I'm my legs are still hot, and I'm still wearing those pants. I've taken the top off because otherwise I was going to be uh, brining myself, but... No, you know, I'm looking forward to giving a good test run, in, you know, in May and June, mm. and I'm I'm sure it'll stand up. Yeah. So all you want to do, if you want to win some of this for yourself, is check out our Facebook page or go to www.thehuntingshow.co.nz and there's a link to a form on there. There's actually a couple of links there. There's also another link and I'll talk about the competitions now before we have our last brief conversation for the show and uh, you could win a UFO Ultimate. That's a UFO Ultimate cooker worth $725. That's our big price and we're calling it the Ultimate My My Upgrade because if you want to have a decent feed, there'd be nothing better than those UFOs and I own one, I cook in one and I've done some, I mean, I've even done uh, some lunch for, for Mark here and bits and pieces in the past at work. They really are fantastic. Flip it upside down. It's a barbecue, a steamer, a roaster. Nothing better than having some roast duck after that first opening morning in your Mai Mai. And uh, it could be all yours. Easy peasy. Fill in that form. Answer a simple question. And the question is, what does UFO stand for in this case? So uh, the answer is definitely not unidentified flying object. And the answer is universal food oven. That's the answer. So go on there, chuck the answer in, and that, that cooker could be yours. Now, I'm new to duck shooting, right? So last year, I sort of first time got really into it, done a little bit way in the past, and starting to really get into it this year. What tips do both of you have for guys that are getting into it for the first time? Or maybe first year, second year, third year. These are what I'd consider to be uh, you know, primary school, intermediate, and, and college years probably. What do you reckon, Mike? What's your What are, what are your big tips for those first three years say don't buy rubbish that's rule number one don't buy the the 19 dollars a box ammo because it's 19 dollars for a reason as opposed to 45 dollars mm. price does equal quality when it comes to you know good duck ammo mm. um shotgun i mean that's you know it's a different story you can start off with a you know cheaper gun you know pump action whatever you like um but just remember one thing you know ducks have amazing eyesight you need to fool them if they can see anything white you're coming out of your mind, they aren't going to come anywhere near you. So, just cover up. Um, if you haven't uh, wing shot prior, buy a box of clays. Go to your gun club. You know, make use of the pre um, duck shooter shoots and swing on a few clays. Just get the movement going. You know, a lot of a lot of duck shooters spend most of the year shooting deer. Mm. Completely different stance, swing. You know, a lot of yeah, you know, I'm guilty of it too. You know, I come out in the morning, I tend to stop on the bird and hit them in the ass all the time. You know, for the first few shots but then I remember to swing so you know just get out there and have a play enjoy it um, and wear earmuffs like young Mark does. Yeah good point we'll talk about that in a minute. Mark so what are your tips for those first three years? I mean I'm a big fan of calling I like good sounding calls uh, so practice lock yourself in that room get into some good practice routine and just practice 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 if you want to do quacks do 30 quacks in a row same tone perfect and that's a lot that's That'll that'll set you up for the future of calling calling birds, calling calling geese, anything. You match the bird, you go listen to geese in the paddock or mallards at the front lake, go to your town pond, go sit there and listen, then go back to your bedroom and quack, 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 quack. That's what I recommend. Now, now Mike's disagreeing. What do you reckon, Mike? I don't I can't stand the sound of a caller in a closed room. Because it sounds different than being outside because you get a lot more reverberation. Me, I pra- I like to go to my 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 pre season, you know, even if it's December and 
call birds in. Mark spends more time in his bedroom, I suspect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not everyone can. Yeah, well, not. Well, what I'm trying to say is, if it's if they're still in high school, I mean, they don't have their license. If they're just getting their learner's license, they got to sit at home and listen to. So don't piss off your old lady because yeah, she, she'll she'll get you there. So this is your first couple of years. Mm. Mike does have the sort of access and everything like that, but for the first couple of years, get into it. Mm. Hot barrels. Yeah, nice. Okay, guys. Well, thank you very much. Remember, tune in next week because we're going to do a show that's pretty much that. It's all about uh, calling and how to do that. We're going to give you some samples and some lessons from both Mike and Mark, who call quite differently. And we'll go through the birds. And I'm going to even give it a go, even though I'm probably not going to sound as good as these guys who are, uh, well, certainly experienced. I was going to say aged. I was going to say aged, but I stopped. Yeah, like a good cheese. Yeah. Yeah, it smells weird. Uh, but but we're definitely going to get into that uh, next week on the show. And coming up in the next few weeks, we've got some big interviews. We've got an interview with Dan Hardy coming up, and that's going to be very interesting. He's going to talk about gun care, uh, bits and pieces like that. We're not going to consume you with duck shooting for the next bloody oh, umpteen six, eight weeks. Um, we also have Josh James coming back on the show, and he's always entertaining, um, and, a, and a couple of others that have been lined up and have been lined up for a little while, and it's been my fault that they haven't managed to get on the show. So don't blame that. I know we said we had Dan Hardy coming up a couple of weeks ago, and then I disappeared off to Fiji. And uh, please read about that in NZ Outdoor Magazine, like I said at the start of the show. And speaking of them, you can win that great prize of a 12-month subscription to NZ Outdoor Hunting Magazine. Now, they're our media partners in the world, and, uh, and, and a fantastic magazine. Great, great content in there. In fact, a lot of my interviews come out, out of that. And uh, if you do see it in a hunting and fishing store, a paper plus, um, certainly give it a go if you haven't read it already. And uh, if you want a subscription, go onto their website. Just Google New Zealand Outdoor Hunting Magazine and you can buy a subscription. But if you're too stingy, do stuff with us on Facebook. Like us, comment, share. And uh, we've got a cool little metric that measures how much you're doing in that particular month. And you could be winning that great prize. That's us. Thank you very much for coming on the show this week, Mike. I mean, it's a lovely setting. Shit, I mean, what, what more could you want? All it's making me is really itchy, brother. Yeah, itchy? That... Yeah, a bit of cream will clear that up. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> Only one thing will make that's a smell of burnt gunpowder. Yeah. And Mark, again, thank you to you. I mean, this is actually, actually, this is the first time. So you're a regular on the show. Mark's been a regular on the show. It's the first time all three of us have been on the show at the same time, I think, right? Correct. So, uh, again, thank you to you. And we'll look forward to talking to you next week about calling. Yeah, look forward to it. All right. Be careful out there, guys. Stay safe. There's already been a couple of accidents uh, coming into this roar. I don't want to hear about any more. Good hunting. Broadcasting from an undisclosed location, from a secret hunting spot known only to him and the guy who told him about it, and possibly the guy who told the guy who told him. It's a show all about hunting in New Zealand and around the globe. This is The Hunting Show. Find The Hunting Show on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information on upcoming shows and topics.